This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 21st, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Donald Trump's trade policy appears to be one of us versus them, zero-sum thinking. According to Trump, he'd hire smart businessmen to, in his words, watch over trade deals. And his rhetoric is peppered with how U.S. businesses are getting, quote, killed on trade. Dan Eikenson, Director of Trade Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, offers his thoughts. Donald Trump is somebody who has, you know, frankly, is engaged in a lot of trade, probably uh, has put had more at stake than uh, most other presidential candidates, save probably Carly Fiorina. And so he certainly would be well positioned to understand some aspects of trade. Uh, there are rules that he might like to change. But he, again, like so many other uh, standard issue politicians, seems to view trade as a zero-sum game, I win, and you must then necessarily lose. That's right. You know, there's not much difference between uh, Trump's positions and those positions of uh, other candidates when it comes to trade. There's always a lot of demagoguery. It's just that Trump is a little more brusque, uh, he's rude, and uh, he's crude. But he does have experience engaging in commerce, uh, and at a personal level, you know, you do want to win in a transaction, and you do want to get the best price, the best terms. Uh, but if a transaction happens, then both sides are winners. Both sides are made better off by that. So he's never really won a transaction. Uh, he's uh, gotten the terms that he wanted, and the other side of the deal got the terms that they wanted. When you talk about trade at a national level, uh, you, it's not us versus them at all. Um, we're talking about uh, millions, hundreds of millions, billions of transactions. And on both, both sides of those transactions are winners. And uh, Trump wants to use this tired sports metaphor of us versus them. And you know, we, we win when we export more because exports are our points and imports are the other team's points and the trade account is the scoreboard. That, that metaphor doesn't apply to trade because because there are winners on both sides of the equation here. Uh, in sports, uh, you you have a winner every time. Is there a sense that, uh, as, as uh, Trump has said, Carl Icahn agrees with me, that uh, that people like Donald Trump and Carl Icahn are people who understand that the rules that the United States has governing trade uh, ought to be ought to be facilitating more transactions, ought to be reduced in a broad way? Because based on all of Trump's statements, I have no clue whether or not he thinks trade liberalization itself is a good idea. He, doesn't, he certainly doesn't think uh, labor should cross borders particularly freely. So uh, what about goods? Yeah, you know, he, his, he has this scoreboard mentality. Uh, the fact is, you know, he says the United States is losing at trade. Well, based on what? Uh, Trade as a share of our economy grows year after year. It's up to about 33%. So that's you know imports and exports uh, divided by GDP. And that's growing. We are becoming more globally engaged because business has more options as to where they produce products. They have these global supply chains. There's transnational investment. Um, markets are growing in the United States and abroad. And the success of U.S. headquartered businesses depends on access to imports. Uh, you know, close to 60% of the value of our imports uh, is, is imported. And 
they sell abroad. Uh, the, the, mar- you know, the global market is growing, and that's a good thing. And we've got foreign companies who are invested here in the United States. Uh, should we shut them out because they're Chinese or Japanese? Uh, well, they're actually employing Americans, uh, expanding the tax base, uh, doing supply chain business uh, throughout the United States. So they're crucial to us. Uh, winning a trade is just looking at the relationship between growing trade and a growing economy. Uh, if, if you go back to the recession in 2008-2009, trade tanked about 12 percent, uh, and we shed about 6 million jobs. Uh, we went into a severe recession. Uh, but as the recession ended and we started to grow again, trade started to grow again. So uh, it's, there's no, you, you don't win or lose at a national level with respect to trade. If you're open to trade, you can have a better division of labor, you have more scope for specialization, economies of scale. Uh, so, you know, the rhetoric that he uses and, and some of the ideas he suggested, such as uh, imposing tariffs uh, when, uh, you know, the Chinese or the Japanese don't do what we want. Well, you can't do that. There are rules uh, in international in, in international trade, thankfully. And, uh, and the president doesn't, in, in any case, doesn't have sole authority to impose those kinds of things. No, that's actually a, a congressional uh, prerogative. And, you know, we're restrained in raising our tariffs. You know, 70 years of trade liberalization since the end of the Second World War uh, forged these rules that make that sort of uh, um, rash decision more difficult. And he also, there's also, it's one thing to say that uh, trade is, uh, you know, I win, you lose, but also to... Uh, imbue it with this sort of nationalistic view sort of reinforces that idea that he talks about Carl Icahn and Henry Kravis. And uh, again, I, quoting Donald Trump is, it makes me bristle a little bit. But he says, uh, you, you talk to these guys and you say, you know what, I'd like you to watch over the deals that are being made with China because we're getting killed on trade. What does that even mean, getting killed on trade? Don't trade. <laughs> That's right. No, it's you know, it's just uh, campaign rhetoric. It 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 has worked in the past. It's a good uh, way to camouflage the lack of substance to any real policy proposals that he might have. But but as a political matter, on the Republican side, this is not. Uh, there's there seems to, there's always a candidate who's willing to push sort of a protection protectionist line. Sure. Uh, but this seems to be sort of way, way beyond uh, sort of the normal yeah. rhetoric from a politician who is has that view of trade as, as us versus them. That's right. It's, it's usually the Democratic nominee or aspirants who are, you know, cowing to the, to the AFL-CIO and, uh, and, and demonizing trade uh, vociferously. Republicans, uh, Republican presidential nominees uh, normally embrace trade. But there has been some nationalism emerging in the economic context uh, from the from the, the right wing of the Republican Party. It's motivated by anti-Chinese sentiments, uh, you know, concerns about uh, challenges to U.S. hegemony and things like that, the currency issues. Um, but I, I can't see the Republican nominee, the Republican candidate for president, uh, espousing those views. That, that, that Trump has. A business negotiation is very different from a trade negotiation. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have an objective uh, in your business negotiation, and you are motivated by getting the best deal that you can. And that's a good thing, because the person on the other side of the table is motivated the same way. And if 
an agreement is made, then you, you guys, well, each party walks away better off than they were before. Uh, at, at a national level, if you're going to bat for you know steel producers by imposing tariffs on imported steel, you're hurting other U.S. interests. You know, you're hurting appliance manufacturers, auto manufacturers. So, whole industries. Whole industries. There is not a national interest in trade. I mean, there are multitudes, there's a multitude of interests. And to say that the United States is served by this particular trade policy, is, if, other than just being totally open, uh, is bogus. Because there are, there are winners and losers, and people adjust to the policies. Let's have the best policies in place and take it from there. Dan Eikenson is director of the Herbert A. Stiefel Center for Trade Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at cato.org.